Welcome back to the Go to Go podcast, man. Episode fifty three, T minus about fifteen days until kickoff, man. August twenty third on a Wednesday. Each day getting closer to that Chiefs Lions kickoff on Thursday night. Week one of the NFL season coming right up on us. This week, man, we got hot or not making a return back to the show. We're gonna give our MVP offensive and defensive player of the year award predictions. And then a few breakout players, man. Players that haven't made a Pro Bowl yet, but to keep an eye out for a big breakout season to make that Pro Bowl this year. So jumping right into it, man. You want to go ahead, give your hot or not? All right, bro. So the one I cut out this week, this one is a you know a fun one for you and your teams. So hot or not, one team will make the playoffs from the AFC East. That's a hot take. I mean, you just look at the AFC East, man, how stacked it is. You got at least three highly competitive teams supposed to be between the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. Jets, newer, fresher team, talking about their core and their quarterback. But the rest of the team, they've been around each other. Defense is young. Robert Sala, head coach, you know that defense come out to play. So their defense was top-notch last season. Offensive quarterback was the only question mark. Just, you know, had a good season as well. I mean, they weren't too far off of making the playoffs. The Dolphins made the playoffs last year with Skylar Thompson, quarterbacking, you know, the back end of the season after Bridgewater went down as well, uh, along with Tua. And then you look at the Bills, man, division winners. Um, there's a little turmoil or, you know, uh, scapulate, whatever. Little dig situation over there in Buffalo, man. It's a little shaky and whatnot. Uh, but I still expect him to be good, compete. Josh Allen. I saw some reports. Maybe it's I think it was your boy Colin talking about it. Sean Sean McDermott. Maybe he's the problem. You know, defensive minded coach. Not really. You know, helping Josh Allen. He gets Ed Oliver some help at D tackle and pays him. We'll see. Maybe that's why Diggs is upset over there in Buffalo. Defensive minded head coach. But nonetheless. The talent's there, man. We've seen them put up 12-win seasons, literally almost go to the Super Bowl and beat the Chiefs in the title game for the AFC. So expect them to be up there. And then, I mean, just the Dolphins, I said they made the playoffs, but Tua healthy, he's bigger. You know, freak injuries last season when it came to his concussions. Expect him to bounce back. And that offense was just that explosive. And I continue, you know, want to continue to see that. And the defense got some additions as well, especially when it came to, you know, a new D coordinator in Vic Vangio. Uh, so expect that ASC East to at least have two, possibly three. All right, some high expectations for the AFC East. Just, you know, to play devil's advocate and give a counter-argument for every team. Mm-hmm. Dolphins into us held. That's going to be a question. You know, Ramsey's going to be missing, like, like, half the season. Armstead already went down in training camp. Supposed to be back healthy, but injuries is a big question for that team. I know Jalen Waddle went down with the injury in camp as well. So, you just want to see all those guys stay healthy if they can stay healthy. The talent's there. The Bills, like you said, man, I mean, they have Josh Allen, but after that, it's kind of like, what else? They got kind of ran out of their own stadium last year in the playoffs against the Bengals. 
that defense, like you said, Sean McDermott, defensive head coach, they got some solid pieces, but defense seems to be what lost them that playoff game against the Bengals, just got ran over. Jamar Chase, we'll talk about him later. He was killing them over the top and stuff. So you got questions there. And then the the Jets, defense, talent everywhere, Aaron Rodgers, skill positions. I mean, one of the best in the league, but, you know, as of late, I know you've seen the reports coming out of camp with that O-line, man. Apparently, like, Aaron Rodgers has been, like, running for his life, and they're still having troubles up front. And at this point in his career, if Aaron Rodgers isn't protected, he's always had great O-lines in Green Bay. How productive will he be? Will he be the same quarterback? And then the Patriots, we don't really got to touch on the Patriots. I mean, we'll give Patriots they, some. We'll yeah, give Patriots the solid. benefit of the doubt, you know. We talking down on everyone else. Hey, listen. Make argument for the Patriots to win. All right. They may not, might not have the best quarterback, but defense, I believe they were third in sacks last year. Always going to be competitive. I don't think they're going to win, but I just I think there's there's ways that each one of these teams to where maybe it doesn't shake out where only one team makes it the division winner, but I agree. I'm, it should be at least two. I could see three if everything goes right. But, yeah, I, also th- I think it's a hot take. I'll make a, a quick case for the Pats, man. I mean, Bill Belichick, kind of like McDermott, defensive-minded head coach. You finally get an offensive coordinator yep. into the system for Mac Jones, who had a really solid rookie year, made a Pro Bowl, went to the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they played against the Bills. They didn't play too bad either in the playoffs when they made it. So, Bill Belichick, Matt Judon, he doesn't really get the love he deserves over there in, you know, uh, New England. But elite pass rusher over there. He can get get pressures big time. And, I mean, Pat's got a shot. Stevenson, he's a dog in the backfield. Brought Bell, over Zeke. Yep, brought in Zeke as well. So, you kind of got a one-two punch in between Zeke, who had a down year last year. But before that. 1,000 yard plus rusher. Yeah, and last year he had a down year, but he still scored. I think he had like 12 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So he was still able to get in the end zone. You know, those short yardage situations, still a really good pass blocker. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, so just have the pass blocker. They put yeah. him at center. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can move on from there. But I mean, all these teams are good. Not all. I mean, the Patriots. I mean, mediocre. Yeah. They're okay. But, like, they're not a bad team, like, when you look at some of the... No, they're not a bad team, but, yeah. When you look at the top-end talent of the rest of the teams, they don't really compare. mm -hmm. I agree. So, this one, I mean, I was thinking about it a couple of different ways. I thought it was a little unfair the way I worded it the first time. So, I dialed it back a notch. Hot or not, it is a disappointing season if the Eagles don't make it to the NFC Championship game. Um, I'm going to say that's not a hot take. Now, if everyone's healthy and, you know, there's no, you know, catastrophic injuries or anything crazy like that, if you look at the NFC, I think, you know, you'd expect the Eagles to make it back to the Super Bowl. I know as an Eagles fan, I definitely do. But, um, yeah, that's that's not a hot take. Like, like the NFC is weak. Like, the Cowboys, we always split with the Cowboys. They're really good. But, you know. Dak's throwing interceptions every practice and training camp. The defense is going to be really solid, but losing Kellen Moore, that offense seems to be – it's going to take a step back, try to be more conservative. You know, McCarthy's running the offense, and he said he wants to, you know, be more of, you know, a conservative offense, kind of, you know, take decisions out of Dak's hands. So 
they're going to be a good team. The Vikings, Kirk in prime time. How much do you really trust them? The 49ers, you'll talk about who's their quarterback, like Brock Purdy coming off a big injury. Teams finally have tape on him. How good is he really going to be? So, I mean, are we really expecting the Lions to do anything? The Bears, like, there's just not many, like, top-end talent teams or, you know, really, really good teams when you look at the AFC compared to the Eagles where not only in the NFC, but they might have the most complete roster in the NFL. Solid coach. They got, you know, the most important position under wraps with Jalen Hurts. Skill positions, receivers, running backs, through the roof, best O-line, super, super deep. Defensive line, like, literally everywhere is set up to win now. So, if the Eagles don't, I mean, you said make it to the NFC Championship. You could have said back to the Super Bowl. That, I, was, I know that's probably what you had at first, but now I, w- I would say that's not a hot take. If everyone's playing and everyone's playing up to their ability and they don't make it that far, then I would say that that is a disappointment. So, yeah, I was going to put the Super Bowl, but then I thought about the 49ers and, you know, they played them last year in the NFC Championship game, but didn't have a quarterback at all. So yeah. it's a little bit different. 49ers have a quarterback. Maybe the Eagles, you know, still win, beat the Niners, head to the Super Bowl. Maybe they don't. But, I but, mean, I still, even if you give them Brock Purdy fully healthy, I think, you know, the Eagles are a better team. A conversa- they probably are, but it's a conversation that has well, left on, out on the field. on paper, 100%, you know, like yeah. position group-wise and everything. Just because I think the, I think the quarterback better. gives them that edge. Because yeah. I think the 49ers can match up or, you know, beat in some categories. I mean, if you go through it, but mm, the quarterback is where well, running I think back, the like Eagles have the real edge. I mean, receiver's not too far off with the Niners. I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't go that far. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel, be- he's George not Kittle. A- he's not better than any. I'll say I'll say Kittle's better than Goddard, but Goddard's a really good tight end. So it's, it's closer. Like back and it's closer than D-line, it is. D line Eagles is good, but the Niners probably have the edge since they got Bosa out there. I mean, mm, Bosa and who else? Javon Hargrave. They came from the Eagles, but shit, we just replaced him with Jalen Carter. Like unproven rookie linebackers. Oh, I think your the, defensive rookie of the year is the unproven he's unproven, rookie now. Bro. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You pick him to win defensive rookie last year. Now he's unproven. I'm just saying okay. it's a conversation, bro. Uh, it's like, I, okay, I'll give him best player on the D line. Yeah, Nick Bosa is the best player, but, but in that, terms of a unit, the Eagles. Are not, that that might not, just give him the edge, though, bro. I'm saying like Nick Bosa is that good of a pass rusher. It might just mm, propel them to be. But I mean, maybe got, if the Eagles got are Hassan here, Reddick, he had 20 plus sacks last season. All right, bro. If the Eagles are one, the Niners are one B. Like, bro, it's one A, one B. Like, I still think they better. I'll give like Nick Bosa secondary the best player. solid. The Eagles definitely got the edge in that one. Probably linebacker. I would give it to the, the 49ers. Niners. Got that one. Yep, exactly. Although so. Nicobe Dean is looking really good, but Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw is probably the best duo in the league. Exactly. So I mean, you you go down this roster. It's those are the two top teams I expect to be competing in that NFC title game. But quarterbacks so. just so important that I think no, just, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I I would give the Eagles the edge is solely because Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and I think receivers is crazy, bro. Devontae Smith would be the number one on the 49ers. I just, bro, two years ago, Debo Samuel was, like, top three. Like, maybe For not running just solely, the ball. Because they, bro. Solely receiver. He was doing all that because he was playing running back and receiver. Exactly, bro. though. Pure bro. receiver, Smitty clears. Sorry. It's all about what you could do on the field, whether it's just receiving or utility-wise. Like, 
it's up there in conversation. Like, who the better I'm overall not... player? Sure, give it to Debo, but in terms of just pure receiver, come on now. But on the field, it's just not pure receiver. It's overall. But Debo, he fit that 49ers scheme because he could run the ball, do all them quick yeah. screens and shit like that. But no, I'm taking Devontae. He's the number one receiver. Anyways, man. But that is why I didn't say for them to return to the NFC. No, but I think to win should, the NFC. They just I still feel like they should be better than the 49ers. Just because of quarterback, really. I expect nothing less, man. I mean, it's kind of what I expected. So, yeah. Nonetheless, man, that's going to wrap up our hot or not. I'm not. I had one where Trey Lance was on it, but, of course, the news breaks today that they're looking to trade him now. But, I mean, you look. It, what team takes a chance on the 40 or on Trey Lance, and what do you think they kind of get in return for, for Lance? Well, what team? So, the first report I saw was the Vikings, I guess, have him sit behind Kirk Cousins because, you know, Kirk, all he does is just sign those one-year deals every year. So <laughs> he's getting he's like what mid thirties, thirty-three, yeah. thirty-four. So eventually, it'll be time to move on. That wouldn't be bad. And you'll have arguably the best player in the NFL to throw to in Justin Jefferson. So that'll definitely help. There's <laughs> I don't care how good you think Devo is. There's no one like him over there in San Francisco. So that would definitely be you know it will help. <laughs> Trey Lance's okay, I never said <laughs> well, it's better than JJ. It would help Trey Lance's development. I think honestly, though at his, at this point in his career, he ha- he will have to go somewhere where he could play and get reps. That's yeah. So the I mean Falcons? if he sit that was a team I saw the Falcons might be interesting. Um but they got Desmond Ritter. I don't know how they feel about him there. I mean, maybe the commanders, Sam Howell, if he isn't the answer this year, maybe they try to trade for him midseason. That'd be interesting. They got a few good weapons over there that they, um, Trey Lance could work with. So, in terms of a team, I don't I mean, it's so weird, like, at this point in the season because, like, everyone seems to be, you got know. Got their schemes, got their teams. Or not even, but they have their, you know, quarterback they're going into the year with. So, maybe towards the middle of the season, you know, somebody gets banged up, someone's injured or, you know. One of these younger younger quarterbacks don't pan out, so you know the way someone thought they would. Then Trey Lance, Trey Lance comes in and gets a chance because I think he's still talented. He just just he's never had the reps, bro. I don't think he'll get the chance to get better unless he's on the field playing. Now what they'll get in return? <laughs> nowhere near what they traded no, for. Yeah. Do you think they get? I don't think a they, third round pick. A uh, third round pick will be. I think it's stretching it because you got to think at this point, this is like the lowest value Trey Lance has ever had. Like, no, 100%. you're trading him at his worst last like, year. If they traded him, that would have been probably. <laughs> well, yeah, but they couldn't because they had so many injuries. It's like, damn, like, they no, had... like before that even had, like, I think it was heading well, in before the injuries. Well, week one, he was their starter when he got injured yeah. against the Bears. So you're not going to trade him when he get injured. So it... wasn't it last season he was at the club, strip clubs too? <laughs> That was last season, right? Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't know about all that. I'm not going <laughs> to speak on that, but... After the game, bro. Come on. Well, Anyways. Hey, man, listen. I don't, yeah, I don't know about all that, but... Yeah, a third-round pick, I think, would... At this point in time, the 49ers would... Cons- like, they consider a success in terms of return value. Because, I mean... You got to think, if you one of these teams, like, what would you be willing to give up to take a chance on Trey Lance? And so far, everything you've seen just hasn't been that good. 
or you've seen flashes, but you haven't, you know, seen any consistency. I, I think this the ceiling's that third round pick. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think if they get a if they get offered a third round pick today, they take take it. it. Yeah, but I don't know who's gonna offer that, considering they traded three first for him, and you can go through you know the halls and everything everyone's gotten Tyree for all these Kill, picks, like Jalen Waddle. I I think one of those picks were um, Bradley Chubb. One of the picks turned out the Dolphins traded or whatever it turned out to be Cole Strange for the Patriots. I guess I think one of the picks ended up in their hands. Oh no! I think, he was a guard I think that went to the Broncos. Well, I, I know no, the got, Eagles. They the got Dolphins Hill. traded one with the Eagles when we traded up for Devontae, I'm pretty sure. Okay, may I mean I know what oh, that got, was with the Cowboys. Oh, regardless, more than Trey Lance yeah. has been received. No Tyree matter Kill, who Jaylen it is Waddle. for the Dolphins or, and Bradley Chubb, I think those were the because I don't they don't I don't know for the Dolphins. I don't think like those exact picks. It's in terms of you know. Yeah. They turned those picks yes. into those players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they moved around in those picks. Regardless, Whatever. everything. Yeah. The 49ers lost is the main <laughs> idea here. Like, badly. Like, you think it was that COVID desperation at the time? <laughs> when they were just like, fuck it, we need a quarterback. Who, the Niners? Yeah, man. Because that, that was like uh, 2020 <clears throat> they drafted him. They're just locked up. Maybe everybody just went crazy, and they're like, Trey Lance is the guy. Well, the upside was there, like you saw it, but it, it's just been, you know, unlucky breaks in health, man. Like, it, it's, it's tough. I think he was a developmental project, and they kind of took him in towards a win-now mode because that roster was solid. So, uh, I did see one thing about Trey Lance. I don't know what quarterback it was. I think there's a quarterback in the NFL last season that has thrown more passes than Trey Lance has since high school. I think, like, bro, because he, he only played one year in college, I'm pretty sure, because mm-hmm. he didn't play his first year, played his second year, sat out uh, third year. Well, he he played his first year, but it was behind Jimmy G. He, got he like, started one game. He came in for no, a few packages. No, I was packages. in college. Oh, in college, yeah. yeah. And then didn't play his last year in college, went to the draft. Mm-hmm. And then even in the NFL, the passes he made still doesn't – I forget what quarter, but it was crazy. Like, how do you expect – probably like to Tom be, Brady, bro. Be, be better than well, one season. Like, just a regular season of someone throwing the football has more passes than Trey Lance has in his whole life. Like, leading up from high school on. Like, it, it's just yeah. insane. And the the big thing is, too, is – it's not like a Jordan Love situation, you know, where Jordan Love, although he hasn't started for the Packers, he's been healthy and, you know, he's been able to get those reps and practice and be with the team. Trey Lance has been injured, like, to where he can't even be on the field and get those reps as, you know, the scout team or on the second team. So he's, like, even more behind in terms of playing and throwing Just the football. Just his feel for the game. Exactly. So it, it's tough. Um, yeah, I I'm not too sure what <laughs> they'll get for him at this point. I think if he is traded, it'll be more towards like during the season or towards the trade deadline. So, you know, quarterback got to get injured, something's got to happen, team's got to be willing to take a chance. No doubt, man. No doubt. Moving on, defensive offensive player players of the year in MVP. Man, you want to start. With you, you want to start with defense, move the offense, and then MVP? We can do that. Go ahead and give me your 
vote for DPOY in 2023. All right. Um, I'm going to just make this simple, bro, because we probably got the same one. I got Miles Garrett. So 16 sacks, back-to-back seasons, around 17, 18 tackles for loss in those two seasons as well. Listen, man, I've been sitting next to you this whole offseason. You've been talking about the Browns, how good they're going to be, and if they're going to be that good, it's going to have to start with their best player up front, best player on the team, and Miles Garrett. Super, super freak athlete. You know, there's been questions and concerns as this, you know, take plays off, this and that. You know, the effort has been in question at times, but I don't really think that's an issue. And Miles Garrett's locked in with Miles Garrett. is playing. He's one of, if not the best pass rusher in the league. He's been in the talks for the top pass rusher forever. I think it's about time he finally wins one. He's due. I mean, it's a chance he could finally crack that 20-sack number this year. If he's fully healthy, I think he has just as good a chance as anyone to win that award. Now, you know, the names like Michael Parsons, that's somebody I had to look at. Even questioning Sauce, if he has a really, really good breakout year. Well, not even breakout, but a really, really good year building off of that defensive rookie of the year. That Jets media, New York media, you know, go crazy for it. But I just think it's Miles Garrett's turn, you know, in terms of being that elite pass rusher to win the award. We saw T.J. Watt win it. We saw last year Nick Bosa win it. Now it's just between Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett. And I think at this point in his career, Miles Garrett is more ready, although Micah Parsons could easily win it. But just to make it easy, I just went with Miles Garrett to agree with you. So I did at one point put Miles Garrett down, but I had to take it away just for mm. a different reason. But I did Miles Garrett 2022. In a season where he got into a car accident, missed a couple games. I had him last year as well. You had him what? Like last year as my defensive oh, player pick, did? I had him as well. Yeah, I think this so year. I probably had him last year. But 2022, he had 37 solo tackles, 16 sacks, two forced fumbles, 60 total tackles. Miles Garrett, different beast. I talk about it all the time. Should win a DPOY at some point. I think he got robbed maybe two years, uh, whatever it was. He got robbed. It is what it is, man. But I just couldn't. I don't think they've ever given, you know, two awards to the players on the same team. So I had to switch it up. If that's any indication. But defensive player of the year. The New York media, man. I'm biting on the Saws, dog. I got Saws Gardner out here. DPOY building off that rookie defensive player of the year last year in New York. Good defense. Got a good cornerback duo, so it's not like, you know, if Sauce decides the other side of the field, it's going to be open. They got two good corners. Sauce virtually, you know, just locked down. He's un- uncatchable. I don't, I don't know how to say it, but you can't catch a pass against Sauce, basically. And, you know, coming out of college, his question mark was always he never played SEC, Big Ten, he never played in that league. He played in the American Athletic Conference, which it comes down to Cincinnati, UCF at the time, and um, Memphis were the only three teams where you think that could actually compete in college football to a certain degree, depending on the year. And it is what it is. Sauce came into the league locked down. I expect him to have another big year, and I think that New York media is going to eat it up. If the Jets make the playoffs, Sauce has a good year. I think they're just going to ride with it, especially with this hard knocks. It's just 
everything's in the direction and sauce sauce is that guy on the outside man no denying it yeah like i mentioned that was the name i had you know considered and brought up if everything goes right in new york so i could see it i'm, I'm messing with that miles garrett though but it's a good pick yeah i'm sure you are okay offensive player of the year you want you want me to go or you want to do it you, right, you go just, ahead right. I, I think i know who you're gonna pick but all right well you know i kind of alluded it to it earlier i got jamar chase man so last season, you know, kind of banged up, only played 12 games, coming off of, you know, his offensive rookie of the year campaign, a little bit of a sophomore slump due to injury, but I think this year is going to be the bounce back year. Last year, even though he only played 12 games, he still managed to um, record a career high in receptions with 87, still got over a thousand receiving yards and hauled in nine touchdowns, so... You know, if Burrow and Chase are both healthy, I know Joe Burrow has that calf injury that he had earlier in training camp. So you want to see him, you know, back fully healthy because he's pretty much, you know, a really, really vital part of this award. But they're both on the field and they're both healthy. In my opinion, this is the most dangerous quarterback receiver duo in the league. They've had that chemistry since LSU. We talk about that on this show time and time again. Joe Burrow knows where. Jamar Chase is going to be at, and he has the ultimate, you know, just throw it up. He's down there somewhere, confidence in Jamar Chase. We saw against the Chiefs in that playoffs game, you know, down the stretch on fourth down, double coverage. He's throwing it Chug up to it Jamar, up. man. And Jamar is going to go up and make that play. So, I mean, he's only going to get better. He's going to get all of those targets in the offense. They have T. Higgins. They still have Tyler Boyd. But, you know, I, I just think Jamar Chase is a level above those guys. And, you know, Joe Burrow's one of – he's going to want to throw it to his guy in – I can see him, you know, following in the footsteps of his friend and former LSU teammate Justin Jefferson and winning this award in his third season. So I got Jamar Chase as offensive rookie or offensive player of the year. Excuse me. Yeah, I, I knew you were alluding to that earlier, but um, a guy I got, man, he's a legit receiver in this league compared to you. I'm just playing. But Debo Samuel. <laughs> that's according to you, man. He's not a receiver. So, nah, I got Tyree Kill, man. Last year, uh, highest, it was his highest uh, yards in a season in his career. And he played with Pat Mahomes, you know, considered probably one of the best duos in the league. He went for 119 receptions, uh, 1,710 yards on seven touchdowns. I was trying to look at the difference between when Tua was on the field versus he was not. So assuming, you know, Tua's on the field, Tyree Kill is breaking 2K yards, maybe gets in a double-digit touchdowns. His usage is up there. I mean, it, he's virtually the most unguardable player in the league just with his raw speed and what defenses have to do. So when you look at what he did, and Tua, with Tua in such a short time, their first year together, another year under their belt, Mike Mike McDaniel becomes even more comfortable in a system, which it looks like he's been running for years in Miami. You get another season under that, Tua healthy, Tyreek healthy, obviously, question mark, he always misses some games, speed guys in their hamstrings, whatnot. But I, I expect a, a Cooper Cup-esque season out of Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins in his usage, so... 2K yards, uh, Tyreek Hill, it's hittable for him at this point, considering he got 1,700 last year. I think he was on pace for 2K while Tua was quarterbacking, even after he missed, you know, 
a couple games with the first concussion. So I expect him bounce back, not even bounce back, just feed off of last year and go into this year with a little bit more. And, you know, they got something to prove when it comes to as a team collectively as a unit. So Tyreek Hill, Offensive Player of the Year, that's my lock. I'm not mad at it yet. Tyreek could definitely, in that offense, in that scheme, you know, the way he's just force-fed the ball, I can definitely see him putting up some crazy numbers. Even if, you know, Tua does go out, Tyreek has still had solid games just because he's that, you know, dominant and dynamic as a receiver. I mean, if I'm a backup quarterback and I have Tyreek Hill on my team, I'm throwing him the ball every play. I'm telling him, run a drag, bro. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Tyreek Hill is – he should be a name to watch. Um, I want to hear your MVP, so I already know this is going to go. I'm not going to say anything. I just want to just get it straight into it. I just want to. Are you sure you want to hear yes, mine first? Yes, right? just, just go ahead, bro. Because you're probably not going to want to hear mine, so just go ahead. Well, yours is Jalen Hurts, so. Yeah. Um, just, it's I'm not Jalen Hurts, I'll say that. But. But go ahead. Not Jalen Hurts anyways, man. It's a bit of a shocker, man. Because I'm rhyming with the guy, man. There's a lot of question marks when it comes to this player. <laughs> um, nah, in all seriousness, last time this player played football, best in the league when it comes to it. I got Deshaun Watson, man, MVP. You could sit here and laugh. 2020, I looked at Aaron Rodgers, who won MVP that year. They have identical completion percentages. Deshaun Watson had about 600 yards more a week. Aaron Rodgers had about 10 more touchdowns than Deshaun Watson. He went for 4,823 passing yards, 33 tutties, 7 picks. Almost picked up 500 yards on the ground with 3 TDs as well. 70% completion percentage. Now there's a lot of talks. Does he have it still? Can he bounce back to what he was? And in a system like this, man, last year, everyone wants to talk about his 50% completion percentage, seven TDs, five picks, whatever it is, man. I mean, you look at it, he's got a full season now. Kevin Stefanski builds this offense around their $230 million guaranteed quarterback versus Jacoby Brissett, in which they did last year. You got the best running back in the NFL. You got the receiving core to help. You talked about Miles Garrett being one of the top players in your pick for DPOY. You got good corners, good defense. Jim Schwartz, your guy from Philadelphia, coming over. We know what he can do uh, coaching the defensive side of the ball. I just think everything's in Deshaun's favor, and he's just – there's going to be a point, and I think it has to be week one at this point because, you know, how long of a leash do you give a guy that's getting all this guaranteed money over here in Cleveland – change the quarterback uh, market. And it's time for Deshaun to prove it and go back to 2020. The reason he wasn't in the MVP conversation for win team, he was on the Houston Texans. I mean, they just flat out suck. So you go down it, man. Deshaun Watson, all the cards are in his favor. Can he return to form? And I think he returns to form and gives us a 2020 season. And this time it's going to be for a winning team, comes first place in the division. So he's definitely going to be up there in that conversation. A lot of guys you could pick, but I think there was a little bit of voters fatigue. I was trying to chalk down Patrick Mahomes, but they talked about voters fatigue in the NBA. I think I think there's a little voters fatigue coming in the NFL too. So I don't think Pat Mahomes, even if he 
somehow goes even more historic. But Deshaun Watson, MVP NFL 2023. I mean, uh, not much to say after that. I mean, you covered everything. You made a really good argument for your guy. I just looked it up. He's 12 in betting odds to win NFL MVP. 12? So, that's a little higher I than mean, I thought, bro. Listen, Vegas isn't all the way out on him, but I think it'll definitely be a tough road for him to get back. But if everything goes perfect for the Cleveland Browns, I can see a world where it happens. I do. I think it'll happen. Probably not. But hey, man, listen, you made Tyreek Hill for Offensive Player of the Year. Deshaun Watson for MVP. Tua. I mean, uh, uh, we see I, the, I we see the team bias. No, ain't no, well, no team bias, man. These guys are all When dogs. you said, you know, you didn't want to pick Garrett because they were going to give two people the award. You know, I was hoping, you know, it was going to be Nick Chubb maybe for <laughs> offensive player of the year. Yeah, but once you went with, I forgot. I'm like, oh, he's got to get a Dolphins player too. He's not going to pick Tua for MVP. So, Sean Watson makes sense. I don't hate it. It's a bull take, man. Uh I'm not I'm mad coming at it. with the bull takes, man. Yeah. So um keep knocking the football IQ till we see that film and what happens on that field. You know, so my MVP pick, you know, you mentioned is gonna be Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I'm a, a man of integrity. I try to take out bias. I don't, you know, look too hard into anything. So obviously Jalen Hurts has the potential to win MVP. I would love if he won MVP, but I don't think it's gonna be this year. And also the same with you with Patrick Mahomes. I kind of just excluded him from this because, like, it, like that's the easy choice, bro. Like Patrick Mahomes, yeah, the best I quarterback think I of all Mahomes time last like, year. Yeah, like let's let's change it up. Let's get someone else in there. So obviously Mahomes, the betting favorite, he'll probably end up winning it. But we just wanted to you know switch it up, do something different. So you know on this show, I'm known as you know the guy to be early on a lot of things you know last year i was early on the jags i, I was had them say, as a good team trevor lawrence you know trevor lawrence was the name that came up but i just think it's just a little bit too early for t ah, i know who this he'll is. he'll be bro. there later it, it's another last same season build. just you know, go ahead I, don't know. I picked somebody for defensive player of the year and you know this last year I had an MVP pick, but I was just a little bit too early on it. But I think this year's the year, man. And it's Justin Herbert, all right? Listen, as a quarterback, as a player in this league, who's gotten better every single season, first quarterback in NFL history to throw for over 4,000 yards in his first three seasons, it's going to happen again in his fourth season. Most yards by a QB in his first three seasons with over 14,000 and second most TDs through his first three seasons, only four behind Dan Marino with 94. Dan Marino had 98, which was crazy looking at those numbers. But listen, man, a new offense. He's going to be the one in command. He's in control. He's finally – he's basically a veteran at this point. He's seen everything the NFL can throw at you in terms of defense. Kellen Moore coming over. He's a proven, proven offensive coordinator in this league. We know his stuff works. When Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys – that unit was number two in the NFL in total offense and total scoring. And they had the fourth, the fourth best passing offense. So he was doing all that with Dak Prescott. Now you put in Justin Herbert, 6'6", big quarterback, elite arm talent, can make any throw on the field, elite processor of the game. They bring in and bring back a lot of weapons. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen excuse me, looking to be healthy going into this season. Mike Williams, a big threat, jump ball guy. He's healthy. You bring in Quentin Johnson, they finally have someone that can, you know, 
take the top off, spread out that defense, a true big deep threat for Justin Herbert with, you know, elite top end speed. Austin Eckler, he's still back there. Check down, help on the run game. Everything is set up this season for Justin Herbert. Just signed his big contract extension. He's got the money. Going into his fourth year, this is the year Justin Herbert takes that leap, you know, takes that true next step in becoming an undeniable top three, top two talent quarterback in this league. You can't argue anymore. He's already had 5,000 passing yards in his career in his second season. It's probably going to go over it again. He had over 30 touchdowns in both of his first two seasons. Last year, only 21. Oh, because I forgot to mention, he was banged up with broken ribs the entire like throughout the half of the last season. So he's going to be back fully healthy. He's going to throw over 5,000 yards again, probably 40 touchdowns. He's going to outduel Patrick Mahomes on national television, playing in that same division. So we'll get to see him go head-to-head, toe-to-toe with the greatest quarterback in the league. And when, you know, the Chargers come out and beat them, it's not going to be much for critics to say, not going to be much for you to say. I think Justin (laughs) Herbert has everything he needs to become the league MVP this season. Yeah, I'm not surprised you went that way, man. That's kind of your guy that's not on your team, but... You've been a firm believer in in Herbert. Definitely one of the the best arm talents in this league. Let's just see if he could could put it all together, man. We know we talked about our QB list. We don't don't got to dive into it again. Yeah, the the seventh best quarterback or eighth best quarterback in the league is going to win MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, he he could win it, bro. I'm not denying it, but. And what? Oh, the tenth best quarterback for you is winning MVP. Wow. Disrespecting a lot of guys. He gonna be should have number, had him higher, man. Number one. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I've been watching too much, too much NFL Network. But I just I'm buying in, man. Um, that wraps up our awards for this upcoming NFL season, man. Last week we did, you know, rookies and coaches, and this week we did offensive, defensive, MVP, and. That's going to wrap up the awards. This is going to move us on to our breakout players uh, qualifications for this. Just players that have not yet made a Pro Bowl. So, you know, I was making this list. Had some young guys in there. I also got, you know, a guy that's been in the league for a couple more years as well. I guess I'll start it off. I think we might have one of the same players, but everyone else is going to be different. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not mad at it, but... The first one, this one is kind of like my true breakout player, and yeah. it's Alexander Madison of the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, it's not a bad one. Dalvin Cook finally gone. He was the, you know, the workhorse of that team. Alex Madison mm. in the backfield has always been a solid backup. His first two years in the league, four point seven, and I think it was he had four point six and four point five yards per carry. His first two years. Nearly 100 carries in both of those seasons in 13 games. Last last year, he was averaged 3.8 on 74 carries, so a little less. But he also had um, his best receiving year two years ago in 21, where he almost went for 300 yards. So he's caught 70 passes in his career. He's only had 400 touches. So a guy that's not been used heavily, and you know running backs usually get ran to the ground pretty quick. His workload hasn't been too heavy. He's played in, you know, 
10 plus games in every season, even as the backup. So expect him now heavier workload. Expect him to wear down these defenses. A hard, fast runner. He could catch the ball out of the backfield. I think he took a screen to the crib last year in a big moment for the Vikings. So none of this really surprised me. I've always been uh, sort of as much of a believer you can be in a backup running back on the Minnesota Vikings, I guess. But he's always been a guy that I thought deserved a shot at the starting role. He finally gets to do it this year in Minnesota. So, you know, with Kirk Cousins, Jay Jets, they're going to expect to lean on that run game. Not maybe not as heavily with Dalvin Cook, but, you know, just that threat on the outside might open things up. Big year for, you know, Madison and company, and the Vikings are going to need it because you don't want Kirk dropping back 40 times. He can throw it, but we all know what he's made out of. If Madison picks up the slack, it's going to be a big year for him and hopefully his first Pro Bowl selection. Yeah, that's that's a good name. I mean, Alexander Madison, someone we've seen flash multiple times, you know, coming in, replacing, putting up solid performances for Dalvin Cook, kind of just, you know, sitting behind one of the best running backs in the league. So opportunities, he just wasn't there. But now he gets the chance to step in as the one, and he should be productive. So I'm going to go along the same lines with this player. I have someone that's been in the league, I know a name that everyone knows, but, you know, still meets that criteria. Haven't made a Pro Bowl in a name's Calvin Ridley, man. Now, I believe he has a, a real chance to back bounce, you know, from a rocky middle part of his career. You know, had the suspension, stepped away from football for mental health issues, you know. So he hasn't really played in about two years since, since we've seen him on the field. But, you know, in 2020, his best season as a true number one in Atlanta when Julio only played nine games. He posted 90 receptions, 1,374 yards, and nine total touchdowns. So this was last time we saw him, you know, at his best as a true number one. Now, step, he'll be stepping into that role again, coming back fully healthy on the Jags with the best quarterback he's arguably played with. I think Trevor Lawrence is better than Matt Ryan, even though he's won a league MVP. I think Trevor Lawrence... At that point in his career, huh? Yeah. yeah. But I think Trevor Lawrence is more talented and has, you know, better upside. So, you know, we've seen the clips out of camp, you know, the, the you know hearing all the news and stuff. He's looked really, really impressive. He's been really sharp. Now, I don't think this will be like a career breakout, like meaning, you know, he's going to do really, really good, like for a long time. No, he's already 28, but I can definitely see him having a Pro Bowl year or two within these next few years with Jacksonville and being really productive and, Really, you know, him and Trevor Lawrence being one of the best duos, one of the best connections in football because, like I mentioned, man, we've seen the talent. Really, has always been really good. Was solid number two. Stepped up big time when Julio went out. So, it's just we haven't seen him play in a while. So, I think if he comes back fully healthy, his body has had time to heal. He hasn't been taking hits for two years as well. So, he should be in really, really good shape. Should be able to put up really, really good numbers. a, A really solid deep threat receiver and... It should be a, a fun connection up there in Duval. Yeah, I mean, really didn't even cross my mind just because he is one of the best receivers. And, you know, obviously the suspension in football, whatever, took him away from the game for a little while. But bouncing back this year, I really like that pick a lot. I mean, Calvin Ridley probably going to be top, I don't want to say top 10, but he's He has the potential to be a top yeah, 10 Yeah, he's receiver. a lock for like a top 15 almost, yeah. so. He's definitely up there, man. And for a receiver to bounce back compared to, you know, how we talked about Deshaun Watson. I mean, 
it's much easier to come back for a receiver because as opposed to a quarterback, you're I mean, I don't want to just say out there running routes, but you could get the feel for the game a lot quicker than mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to a QB. So kind of expect yeah. a And he's had a full offseason with the team. He's been in camp. He's been getting rest with Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, expect that immediate impact. I really like that pick. Kind of overlooked it. This next one, this is where I was leaning, you know, second-year player. Um, I was. We know the talent's there, but. It's Chris Olave of the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, last year posted a thousand yard rookie receiving season, and just look at the situation he had to uh, go through with the revolving door of, you know, washed up quarterbacks he dealt with and <laughs> everything he had. Titans at quarterback. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Like, I mean, it was just tough. Post four touchdowns, thousand yards on seventy two catches. Expect him to go, you know, crazy this year, even better than last year. So, two back-to-back thousand-plus seasons for a guy that just came into the league. We knew he was, you know, really talented out of OSU. Now with a quarterback in Derek Carr who is capable and has played with, you know, receivers and had made impacts on those receivers. Expect the veteran to come in, uh, do good with the, this young receiver on the outside, and Olave do for a big year and probably a breakout where he goes for, I'm going to say, you know, 13, 1400 yards easy with seven plus TDs. Yeah, Chris Olave is a a really good name here. Like you mentioned, I think we've seen it's been mainly just been quarterback play. Like, but now he gets Derek Carr, a quarterback we've known that can support elite receivers. We saw him early on with Amari Cooper. And then even last season, we saw him put up crazy numbers with Devontae Adams and even had a really good season with Hunter Renfro. So, three different kind of receivers. Derek Carr able to support all of them. And I mean, I think Chris Olave will have a really, really good season this year. So, I like that pick. Sticking with second-year receivers, I'm going with more of a little a low-key name, man. I got to shout out my dog, Big Max, for this one. Picking Romeo Dobbs, man. You know, last year, we saw the shout flashes. Out Big Max. Yeah, with Romeo Dobbs. We saw the flashes last year. You know, kind of was early on, was looking like a, a really good pickup. Was a rookie. But got injured, got banged up, and last year it was Christian Watson who was the you know the main rookie receiver that you know found connection with Aaron Rodgers and scored a bunch of touchdowns towards the end of last season. But this year Rodgers isn't there anymore. Jordan loves the guy, and all throughout camp, it seems like Romeo Dobbs has been the guy Jordan Love has been targeting, and he's the one he's he's been hooking up to. So I mean, <clears throat> with Romeo Dobbs coming into this season. In the preseason, he's played 19 snaps with Jordan Love in the starters. And on those snaps, he's had four targets. He's caught all four of them for 71 yards and a touchdown. So Jordan Love has a perfect passer rating when targeting Romeo Dobbs this this preseason. I mean, he had a really, really nice um, go ball against the Patriots for like 40 yards down the sideline. Romeo Dobbs showing, you know, the ability to catch the ball in traffic. Intermediate, short, he's getting it done everywhere on the field. And I just think that chemistry... He's developed with Jordan Love will be a rig- a big reason, and I think he'll end up being the number one, and he could have a really really good season. And this offense has potential, you know. If Jordan Love is really good, or you know has some of that upside that he got drafted in the first round for, Romeo Dobbs can be you know one of the main people that benefit from that and have some really good numbers this season. So that's the name I say we look out for. It's funny one of the players I put on my list with a question mark because I wasn't. 
you know, too sure with that quarterback situation was Christian Watson. So I, I don't know if I wanted to bring him up this episode, but you threw out Dobbs. I'm just going to throw Watson in there real quick. Not really my pick, but he's definitely a player. To, he, he's on the watch list, but that connection between Love and Dobbs uh, has been there this training camp. And, you know, two young receivers on the outside can definitely make a splash and help out that young QB as well. Uh, good system over there in Green Bay. Good coaching. See if they can put it together, those three young guys on the offensive side of the ball. But my true third pick, it comes down, man, to Javon Holland of the Miami Dolphins. This guy, he's a play caller, a captain of that defense, and a guy that was in his second year last year, heading into his third He's yet to make a Pro Bowl, man. Just an absolute ball hawk uh, down the middle of the field as a free safety. You could even put him in the box. I mean, he's kind of like a hybrid. Uh, He can really hit guys. He can tackle well. And just having a command of a defense at such a young age on a team that, you know, had some veteran presence. And it kind of surprised me, you know, Holland wasn't up there. Um, Even in, I guess, since his rookie year. But he's... Posted two picks each season. Uh, he's missed some games. Actually, he's played both seasons healthy, but he did get a little banged up a couple games. Um, forced a fumble, a uh, couple fumble recoveries in his career. He's had four sacks through two years as a free safety. Not really a big blitzer, but Javon Holland, just the way he commands that defense, takes charge, and such an impact player when you watch a Dolphins game and what he is able to do just lurking. Uh, receivers down the middle of the field, over the middle of the field, whatever it is. He's definitely up there, man, and I expect him this year in 2023 to kind of have, you know, a Pro Bowl season where he is able to finally get that that Pro Bowl chip uh, in his third year. But, I mean, I think for any second-year player, if you're a captain of a defense, a team really has to trust you. I mean, they don't only trust you. You have to be good. I mean, they're just not throwing around captains on – you know, starting safeties that are just decent. So, Javon Holland, man, being able to be a leader on this team, I think this year finally breaks out. A little bit less exciting position compared to our receivers. But I think Javon Holland, big year coming from him on the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, one of the most talented, you know, young defensive players we have in this league. I'm sure it'll be just a matter of time until he gets selected to one of the Pro Bowls. So, you know, this episode... You've done a lot of, you know, hometown team picks, a lot of Browns, a lot of Dolphins. So I think it's time I show love Just to one of my Philly guys, though, man, bro. you know. So I'm I'm, I'm going to throw in my little homer pick right here. And I got Kenneth Gainwell, man. So the Eagles have been pretty much a running back by committee these past few seasons, you know, ever since like DeMarco Murray and LaShawn McCoy. Okay. Hey, Crazy times. Before you even go on Kenneth Gainwell, man, I saw a little clip. Of uh, Demarco Murray just running absolutely through the hole, and they were like, "Yeah, Chip Kelly always trying to get him watching East to West, and he goes north to south touch." I just thought it was funny, I, man. Yeah, I Chip saw Kelly, that clip and remember that game? Yeah, the first game after Chip Kelly is fired, Demarco Murray was running everywhere. Yes, but no need to think of those dark times as an Eagles fan. Kenneth Gainwell, I think, will come out and show that you know separate himself from this running back by committee. You know, we brought in DeAndre Swift, brought in Rashad Penny. We have Trey Sermon on the roster, you know, drafted kind of high by the 49ers. And then we also have 
Boston Scott, who is the giant killer himself. But I think Kenneth Gainwell, throughout this training camp, throughout this preseason, has shown that he's going to be the number one running back of this committee. Came up big in the playoffs last season. That's kind of where we saw him, you know, break out, even scored in the Super Bowl. But I think he continues to build off of that solid performance over this upcoming season. Excuse me. Past two years in his career, he's at over four yards per carry. And I think one of the big things he has going for him is he's a really good runner, but he's also a really solid pass catcher with over 20 receptions in his first two years without being the real number one receiver or running back. Excuse me. We know what Jalen Hurts brings to the table. We know he's going to be running all over the place, but, you know, I think he'll continue to dominate the run game. But so far this offseason, Kenneth Gainwell has seemed to take control of that lead Philly, of that lead role in that backfield. And I think going into week one, he'll be running back one. And throughout the season, we'll see Kenneth Gainwell get majority of those running back snaps. And, I mean, listen, if you're going to be running back for the team with the best O-line in the league, you're going to have some good numbers. So I think Kenny Gainwell has a chance to put up some really nice numbers and be really productive on one of the best teams in football. Yeah, man, I'm surprised you can go with the the giant killer, man. I'm a big fan of Boston Scott. You know this. Well, but. listen, Boston Scott's really good, but I just, I just think it, he doesn't have the upside. You know, Gainwell going into his third year, Boston Scott, he's older, more of a situational back, kind of in between the tackles, more of that power back. Same thing with Rashad Penny. He's explosive, but injuries, more in between the tackle and, and um, Swift offers more of that you know, pass, get, pass catching, elusive, outside, you know, of the tackle running. Whereas Kenneth Gainwell, you can kind of get all of that from him in one player. So I just think he's the most complete back out of everyone there. And, you know, reports coming out, he'll likely be RB1. I'm not going to lie. If I if I could switch my pick, I just realized Christian Wilkins never made a Pro Bowl, but I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> um, that's who I'd take over, Javon Holland, on that watch list. But... Both talented. I'm not mad at that Kenneth Gainwell pick. He's definitely been a – you saw him, you know, as you said, emerge in those playoffs for the Philadelphia Eagles. I kind of think at the end of the season, it's just going to be a one-two punch between him and Swift. I honestly – you know, I, I like Boston Scott, the giant killer. I just – I think those two guys can handle the workload, and those guys are the two most clear-cut talented running backs in that yeah in that running back room. So Although I'm – I'm sure it'll be more of a committee this year. I think all, start, of those, yeah. all of those guys Just will get their healthy. touches. Yeah. But I think, you know, in terms of when we get I don't think it'll be a, a Miles Sanders esque role because Miles Sanders was getting a lot like he mm-hmm. was getting a majority of the carries. But in terms of a committee, I think Gamewell will show that he's, you know, the true number one. With all those guys still getting involved, you know, there's been reports with DeAndre Swift lining up in the slide, him two running back sets, yeah, him lining up as like a receiver, kind of flaring out of the backfield. So I don't know how much they'll run with him, but he'll definitely be used in the passing game because that was a big thing. The Eagles didn't really target their running backs passing wise last year, so I think that was one of the main things they kind of brought over Swift. They want to get him involved a lot passing wise, so see a lot of screens and swing passes to um, DeAndre Swift. But in terms of running the ball. I think Kenneth Gainwell is going to be their guy. No doubt, man. That's going to wrap up, right? You only got three. Yeah, those are my three. Yep. That's going to wrap up, man, our breakout players as well as episode 53, man. Go to go. Any last comments you got before we start to sign off, man? No, we pretty much covered everything, man. Justin Herbert for MVP. Shout out. 
just throw up them fours, man. I don't even, whatever your opinion is, man. Um, nonetheless, man, 2023 NFL season, 15 days. No, it's 14, 15. 15. Yeah, it's yeah, 15. Yeah. I said it at the beginning, man. Um, 15 days away, Thursday night, finally get some football back in. I mean, it's what, 18 days before we get seven hours of commercial-free football. That's probably the thing I'm looking forward to most. That boy Scott Hansen back on air doing his thing. And, I mean, I'm pumped. I know you're pumped. Best time of the year. We got our drafts coming up soon for fantasy. Going to lock in into that season as well, man. Uh, nonetheless, man, go to go pod on TikTok. Go to go uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you're listening. Go ahead, hit that share button, like, comment, sub on the tube, like, and comment on the TikTok videos as well, man. Let us know your thoughts, your takes, what you guys are rocking with as well, man. Without further ado, we'll catch y'all next week, man. Episode 53. Peace.